In today's show, we're looking at a jam-packed Friday. There are 12 games on, so we're going to look at streaming options and what I'm watching for in all of those games, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available, yeah, available on all platforms. Only one game on Thursday, shit day. We've got 12 games tomorrow though, so we're going to talk about those 12 games. Look at if there are streaming options available, what you're going to do with them, and go into it. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> First game, Mavericks and the 76ers. Very interesting to see Spencer Dinwiddie, who did um, come off the bench last game in the second half with Reggie Bullock out. Now, Reggie Bullock remains out here. Do they go back to the Dinwiddie, Brunson, uh, Doncic combination? Or do they start Kleber and Powell together, which is what happened last in the second half of that game against Brooklyn? It will be interesting to watch. Um, again, you're going up against Joel Embiid. Do you need Muxy Kleber in there and Dwight Powell, a couple of extra big bodies? I don't know what they do. I don't think it really matters much in terms of minutes for Dinwiddie. They'll be fine. Minutes for Kleber will be probably mid to high 20s. The one that it does impact is probably Powell, who might play 21 minutes if he starts and Kleber comes off the bench, or he'll play 28 if he starts and Kleber's next to him because there's no other backup center around, so he has to play more minutes. So that's one we have to watch. I think Dinwiddie's role is relatively safe. He's on fire at the moment. There are there sometimes can be some issues with his percentages though. So we want to we do want to watch that. For the Sixers, we want to watch Matisse Thybul. We know the ups and downs of Thybul's game. I would love to see him get 30 minutes a night. I'd feel more confident in him being an every night play sort of a guy. But when he gets 26 or 27 minutes and he'll have six steals and then zero steals and then one steal and zero points and yeah, it's hard to consistently play him. And with 12 games on you're probably going to find better options. But at this point in the year, as I'll say quite often, it's all about what you need. If you need, like if steals, are, if you've got four categories locked up, you are so far ahead and you are going to lose the other four categories and the one category that's up for debate is steals, then it doesn't matter if Matisse Thibel scores two points. You throw him into your active lineup. If steals is decided, if you're down by 60 steals, it's a lot. Maybe that's too many. You're down by 20 steals, right, with three days left. Putting Thibel into your lineup, what's the point of it? So that's what all of this is about when we come to fantasy playoffs. Even in Roto Leagues, the same sort of thing. What categories are you going for here? Where can you gain ground on the guys ahead of you? Where can you gain those couple of extra Roto points? Using your moves and your players wisely at this point of the year is very, very important. I also want to watch James Harden in this game, who's been good a lot of the time, most of the time, some of the time but hasn't really reached the absolute upper echelon. The scoring, uh, we thought maybe maybe push 27, 28 a night. He's not. He's like low 20s with more assists. And, and that is hurting his overall value. I don't know that he's going to push up to that sort of high, high usage role in Philadelphia. That is going to be one for us to watch, though. The next game we take a look at 
is the Trailblazers and the Nets. Portland, of course, their lineup is pretty rough. Um, no Anthony Simons, of course. No Lillard, no Little, no Nurkic, no Bledsoe. Do they go back and start Winslow and Watford together? I would expect that they do. Justice Winslow played, what did he play, 19 minutes in his first game back with that sore Achilles. I think those minutes will jump up. And like I'm going to always say, he's worth looking at. He's probably worth an ad, but it's going to really depend on where you sit in your matchup. If you've got to buy, add him. No worries. We'll see what he does next week. You're in a tough fight this week and you're worried about minutes restrictions and you're worried about where your free throw percentage sits for this week, then maybe it's not the greatest move. That's how you've got to approach all of this. But the role is strong. Chris Dunn amazingly played 28 minutes last game. Is that what we can expect moving forward? They played him over Elijah Hughes, over uh, more minutes than Greg Brown, more minutes than Keon Johnson, more minutes than CJ Allaby, which seems ridiculous given where this team is, but they did it. So if you need assists and steals, maybe Dunn does become a streamer. I would be pretty annoyed if I was a Blazers fan that you're throwing in washed-up 27-year-old Chris Dunn instead of trying to see what Hughes or Johnson, the bloke that you gave away, you got for Norman Powell and Covington going away, Keon Johnson, like give him some minutes. It doesn't matter because you're going to lose by 30 anyway. Like that doesn't make a ton of sense, but it's what they're doing. So we want to see if that's what they continue to do or if that gets corrected. For Brooklyn, Seth Curry has missed the last few games, last three games, in fact, with the ankle problem. Will he be back? And if he isn't, how do they distribute his minutes? It's been Paddy Mills and Goran Dragic who've been getting that significant boost. Of course, Kyrie Irving remains sidelined for this game. But we want to watch Curry's status. And then Nick Claxton, Aldridge is out. Claxton has played 20 minutes for five straight games. And he has played more minutes than Andre Drummond in the last two. Yes, one of those, Drummond was in foul trouble. The other one was a 42-point win. What's the distrib- distribution of minutes here between Claxton and Drummond? There is stream value here for Claxo. Like equal minutes, I take Drummond over Claxton. But there is some stream value here for Claxton with Aldridge out. I don't know what the hell they do when Aldridge is back. Does Claxton even play? Because he wasn't playing before. Or do they run the dreaded three-man center rotation, which is going to limit his value anyway? But let's see what he's able to produce in this matchup um, against Portland, which again, could be a really big blowout. It's not a blowout, or maybe it is a blowout. Maybe that's one of the worst segues you've ever heard. Maybe I blew that segue out because college basketball's here, the tournament's on. And as you know, Bet Online has all the latest odds, contests, and player props for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. The next game is the Grizzlies and the Hawks. Last time that Memphis played, Jamarant did not play due to back soreness. He is listed as probable. That felt very much like it was a situation where we were taking on the Pacers, who do not care about winning, and we're just going to sit Jar down. And that's exactly what happened. So he is going to be, it looks like, back in the lineup here, which is great. It's obviously not good for Tyus Jones's value. And then we get another opportunity to evaluate how Morant and Brooks and Bain work together. We haven't seen it really much at all this year. It's also going to hurt De'Anthony Melton with Jar back. We want to Dylan Brooks, who we know is the least shy player in the league of taking shots. He's the player that makes you want to scream at the TV and say, can you fucking not do that? The most out of anyone in the league. And he's the player that Memphis people love and think he's super important and super great. 
But when he costs him a playoff game because he takes 20 shots and Ja Morant takes 13, I wonder if they'll be singing the same tune. I know I'm very anti-Dylan Brooks. He just he frustrates me so much as a player. But I do think if you're in a points league, he is a guy that you want to grab because he's going to chuck him. He might hit 40% of him, but he's going to chuck the shots up. And that has value. In a category league, you've got to balance it. Do you want the volume? Is he going to play 30 minutes? Do you, Can you deal with the bad field goal percentage that likely comes? These are questions that only you can answer by looking at your own squad. For the Hawks, some injury concerns here for sure. Um, John Collins is out. With, he was officially questionable, and now he is out. He has missed the last three games. This will be the fourth game. Um, they play again on Sunday. You'd have to say it's unlikely he plays there. I am not massively on you must drop the John Col- drop John Collins. I'm not massively on that bandwagon, but I don't think it's a bad decision. Even in the games before he hurt his finger, he wasn't playing well. He's dealing with a foot issue. If you want to drop him, go right ahead. I Someone asked in the mailbag show earlier today, hey, do we drop John Collins? And I was like, no, because at that point, he was officially questionable for this game. He's out now. If you want to drop him with the chance of not playing Friday, or not the chance, he's not playing Friday and possibly not playing Sunday, you can get some extra games in using his roster spot. So I do think that that is a worthwhile strategy. Trey Young copped that uh, contusion in his quad in the last game, returned versus Charlotte, but said it was sore, and now he's officially questionable. Now, he does play through a lot of injuries, and he does heal quickly, so hopefully it's okay. But with him out, or if, sorry, if Trey Young is out, then we're looking at DeLon Wright and Lou Williams as your streamer with big bumps to Bogdanovich, Herder, and Hunter in those positions. DeAndre Hunter, um, someone said that the, the description of the DeAndre Hunter line is the blue balls. You look at it and you go, man, that's so sick. Look at all those points. And then everything else gets disappointed. So you're just left there waiting. You're left there wanting. You're wanting more and you just don't get it. I don't mind it. Blue balls Hunter over here. Can he do a little bit more than just score? The minutes have been great for DeAndre. The production has been iffy, to say the least. The Wizards, they're taking on the Knicks. They are actually trash at the moment, Washington. Denny Avdia, I don't know how to project the minutes for him because they're all over the place. He went 19, 11, and 14. Now, playing him 11 minutes in a game against the Lakers was inept coaching. It was malpractice. But then the last two games, he's gone 29 and 28, which makes a lot of sense. They should be giving him these minutes, not spuds like Sadoransky, who I used to think was a good player, but isn't anymore. So Avdia has at least some stream value, but does Unsell do the right thing and continue to give him some development time? While Kyle Kuzma, it's not great at the moment. Go back to the start of March where Porzingis was out and we were seeing 39, 34, 35, 36 minutes. In the last four games, 33, 32, 30, 31. All losses, low minutes, efficiency dropping off. He's turning back into substandard Kyle Kuzma. He was excellent for a stretch. But remember, for the first two months of this year, he wasn't a top 100 fantasy player. Brad Beal went down. He went absolutely into overdrive and has improved out of sight. And now he's backing off a little bit. Not great when we're in fantasy playoffs, but that's what's happening. So let's see if he turns that back around. For the Knicks, Alec Burks. Alec Burke. Because old stubborn asshole mate Tom Thibodeau is going to start the same lineup, we're going to see Burks start again. And he's probably going to play pretty good minutes as I just knocked the microphone. Um, he's going to kill your field goal percentage. Like if he has a 22% night, probably consider that a good night for him. But he does rebound well. He'll get some steals. He'll get some assists. And there is some value in him. But I more want to watch like, do we ever get a situation where we get quickly over Burks? I don't know. I also want to watch Juice McBride, who's been, I think, playing pretty well. Last time was the first time 
He really had some decent fantasy numbers with some good assists and good steals. It was a 30-point smackdown against the Blazers. And if Quentin Grimes is back, does McBride even play? What does his role look like? I want to watch that because I, I do think that McBride should have been a first-round pick in the draft and can develop into a Patrick Beverly sort of player, maybe even a better offensive uh, player than what Patrick Beverly uh, is at the moment. Let's go to the next game. It's the Nuggets and the Cavs. The big stiffy. Bones Highland has been playing extraordinarily well. I question whether he can keep this level up in those minutes, but he's getting 20-plus, as he should, and they're limiting guys like Forbes and Rivers a little bit. Um, even Barton played, what, 26 last game, and Gordon played 22. So how they use Bones is going to be something to watch. While Aaron Gordon, again, 20 and 22 minutes the last two games, dealing with an illness, but still there, low minutes. His upside's low. We're in the playoffs. Like, is Aaron Gordon good enough to be a guy you have to hold on through everything? Absolutely not. I think if you want... I want to see what he does here. But if you want to make a move and say, see you later, Aaron, it's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. For the Cavs, Kevin Love, much like Aaron Gordon, we know that Kevin Love has had some really strong runs, but it's not. we're not here at the moment. 16 and 17 minutes the last two games. It's not, it's not interesting to me at all. I thought he would get a boost with um, Jarrett Allen out. No, he, he will not. So go ahead and drop him if you need to. Karis Levert, also, you know what? Struggling. Maybe he just is not a very good player or a very good fantasy guy. Low defensive stats, low field goals, low free throws. Sometimes high usage, but low minutes at the moment. Still working his way back in. In a points league, I'd probably prefer him in a category league. But 23 and 25 minutes in his first game, two games back, playing off the bench. Again, I'm not... I'm not sure we'd have to be, especially if we go shallower, shallow 12, standard 10. Is he actually a must-hold guy in the category league? I'm not, I'm not convinced that he is. And that's weird to say about Karis LeVert. I'll tell you what is must-hold, though. Athletic greens. I started taking athletic greens because, again, I don't necessarily always eat the best during the season. I'm just trying to get stuff into my mouth so I can continue to look at and analyze and write and record and do all that sort of stuff. But it comes to a detriment. But when I got my athletic greens, I loved it. Had this sort of stuff in the past, and it's really, really awesome to be able to get those greens, those veggies, those vitamins, those minerals, those superfoods in a very easy and affordable way to get it in. One scoop a day in a glass of water costs you less than three bucks per day. It is absolutely fantastic to be able to get that level of health, and you feel vital, you feel re-energized by getting this stuff into your body when you know that it's good for you. You know that having greens and veggies, but it's not always that easy to get that stuff into your diet. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different tablets or capsules or vitamins or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D. Cannot recommend vitamin D enough. It makes you feel great. Just think about how good it feels if you're out in the sun all day. You just feel energized. That's what vitamin D is. That's the vitamin D. It is a great mood lifter. It is a great energy source. And it's great for your immune system as well. They're also giving us five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Nutritional? Did someone say Nutritional? Did someone say great taste? No, but I'm saying it now because Built Bar is here to give you nutrition. 17 grams of protein in a bar. Do it with low calories, 130 calories in a bar. Do it with low sugar, just four grams in those bars. But do it at a great taste. 
So instead of reaching for that candy bar, why don't you get those candy bars and jack them all the way off? Get them all the way out of your house and just replace them with built bars because you're going to get a great tasting snack that's low in calories and tastes amazing. And they've got their protein infused marshmallow puffs. Churro flavor, lemon pie, cheesecake pie, cream pie. I don't know what it's called. Something like that. But there are some great flavors over at Built Bar. I can't wait for mine to come. I'm going to do a live unboxing when my Built Bars arrive. Absolutely can't wait for that to happen. So head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get your order of Built Bars absolutely cracking. Built Bar is built different. Let's do sad times and talk about the Lakers. They are traveling to Toronto to take on the Toronto Raptors. I want to watch LeBron James because at the moment, it's depressing watching LeBron. And I know people will look at the stats and go, what are you talking about? Look at LeBron's numbers. They're sick. Watch him. Just watch him play. Um, he still does some amazing things, but the effort and attention to detail on every play is not there. He does not care about this team at the moment. And that's a harsh thing to say, but... What you could say the same for Westbrook as well. They do not care. LeBron's effort is as low as I've ever seen it, I reckon. And yes, the numbers you still go 31, 7, and 7, and you'll go, Josh, you're a moron. Look at these numbers. He's 37. These are great. But just watch. Just watch how how little effort he gives to hustle back on defense or to you know, follow up a play or to just he just is not himself. And there is just this team's just dysfunctional. So I want to watch LeBron for that. Also watch Malik Monk, who is probably the one playing most the most consistent basketball. LeBron, of course, is officially listed questionable with knee soreness. This is a back-to-back. Don't be shocked if LeBron doesn't want to cross the border into Toronto and doesn't play. Don't be shocked about that. Um, Horton Tucker also listed questionable with his ankle issue. Monk has been solid enough to be a 12-team league guy at this point. For the Raptors, we want to watch Freddie Van Vliet and his Dorito knees. How much is Nick Nurse going to play him? Is he going to play? I expect that he does. Um, is he going to get overworked? 100% he is. Let's see if he can actually hit some shots. He's not right at all. We don't know whether the Jedi, Ojananobi, is going to be available to play. But what about Scarf? OG. Balenciaga stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Um, with his finger issue, it looks like he might return soon, but we don't know that. I also want to watch Precious Achua, who came off the bench behind Ken Birch. I think they'll go back and start um, Precious in this game and not Birch given the Lakers matchup. I'm not sure if the Lakers will even play Dwight Howard. And Precious, win, it's, it's, a, it's a rough watch watching him. He does some amazing things and some of the dumbest things you'll ever see. And his efficiency stuff is a real problem, but occasionally he can produce numbers. I think he's more points league than category league and I wouldn't look at him as a 12-team guy, especially on a day like this with 12 games on, but we do want to see what his role is. That's probably the most important thing to see here. Paces and Rockets. What we do know is that Isaiah Jackson is out. Concussion. I like Isaiah Jackson, but you had at least three games here, maybe more. Drop him. Bye. Jack, what do you think? Get that garbage out of here! What we don't know is whether the dart, Gogo Badadze, is going to play. Problem with my Gogo Mobile. Gogo Mobile? No, not the dart. Not the dart. Nah, mate. Absolutely the dart. He's missed the last two games, but... If he plays 25, there's value in that. And I think if he's healthy, they will start him. Otherwise, it's Jalen Smith time. Jalen Smith is a 12-team guy anyway. This is going to boost his value. It might boost the value of the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. I was going to say it boosts the value of Rashad Brissett, but I think he just is who he is, to be fair. So we're going to get um, Smith and Taylor as your centers if Goga doesn't play. And there's a lot here that we don't know. I, know. I don't know what they're going to do with Chris Duarte. 
Because let's be honest, Dwayne Washington Jr. is playing some good minutes off the bench. Someone pulled me up on something. I said, I don't think Duarte is good. And they said, oh, I think I disagree with that. But okay, what I was trying to say with Duarte is, I don't think he's as good as people think he is. People talk about Chris Duarte. They, they were talking about Chris Duarte. Like, Man, look at the rookies. Mobley, Cunningham, Barnes, Duarte. Hey, calm down. Right? People were talking about him in that level. He's like 25 already. I think he's on a team where everyone else was out. He was able to put up some numbers and that has some use. But we're seeing what he is now. I don't think there's huge growth in him. I don't think there's huge upside in him. I think he's a very solid player and he's going to be a very strong role player for a while. And he probably will become a low-end starter at some stage. Um, but I think some of the early season stuff that he put up when a lot of players were injured was a bit misleading to where his future value lies. And we're seeing now that, you know, Halliburton and Heald come in, he gets marginalized. Brogdon's there, he's marginalized. He's not a guy that's pushing. It's like, I need these big minutes. And yes, I think his toe's still bothering him. But I would say he's been, after a really good start, he's been pretty disappointing. I think he's a good player. I think he's a solid player with some low-end starter upside. But I think the way, what I was doing is pushing back against the notion that he is an upper-level, top-end guy along with those other stud rookies. I don't think he's anywhere near that. Like, he's nowhere near a Franz Wagner, in my opinion. He's nowhere near those other, you know, Cunningham, Mobley, Barnes. He's nowhere, like, I would have Suggs clearly ahead of him as well. Um, yeah, Shinguno would have ahead of him pretty clearly. But he's still a good um, starter. For the Rockets, are they going to play big minutes to Dennis Schroeder? It's dumb, but that's what they've been doing. I don't know if Eric Gordon's going to play. He's either got illness or knee soreness or tankitis or something. I don't know if he's going to play, but Schroeder played uh, 28 minutes last game, which is frustrating when you've got guys like Dacian Nix, who I think has been pretty good, 22 and 12 minutes the last two games. And you've got guys like Josh Christopher. These guys can handle the ball a little bit. And I think that's what they should be doing. Or at the very least, you play Schroeder, Play him the 12 minutes that Porter doesn't play. We don't need to see him out there playing 30 minutes a night. There are other guards you can throw out there for three-guard lineups that's not Dennis Schroeder. But that's what they're doing. So we want to watch to see how that mix looks. I also want to watch Knicks. I think he has starting point guard potential in the future. Keep an eye on him. This show's gone a long time, guys. Got a lot to say for some reason. The Thunder and the Heat. I'm just... I don't care about the Thunder centers anymore. Is it Isaiah Roby? I don't care. Is it the incantation? Olivier Saar? It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. I actually don't care there either. They're just going to mix and match and push the minutes all over the place. That streaming them is just probably going to lead to disappointment, like life. <laughs> That's where we're at with them. Um, Giddy out, Robinson Earl out. Almost no chance that Williams or Favors plays. I, I honestly just can't see those guys um, playing again this season, to be honest. But that's not confirmed. And then we want to watch Pokyshevsky, who came off the bench and played 27 minutes the last two games. That's really useful for Poku. Play 27 minutes, and I like you on my 12-team roster. There is the risk that he plays 17, as there is with a lot of these guys, that they're up and down in, in their rotation. But Poku's got some value there. But the Miami Heat, Tyler Hero, is playing at an extraordinarily high level. Let's go through the questionables. Jimmy Butler's questionable. Wow. Um, PJ Tucker's questionable, and Caleb Martin's questionable. I saw on a Miami Heat forum yesterday that people were talking about, hey, I, yeah, we think Tyler Hero is better than Jimmy Butler. And I was like, calm down. But he's been present all year. He's been a great scoring source all year. He's obviously horrific in terms of his ability to get to the line and finish or finish the rim or defend it all. But he's got some, he's got value for sure. He's good. I think he might be getting overrated somewhat. Um he's probably going to win six man of the year because six man of the year is who scores the most points without starting. 
and that's what he does. But the fact that people were talking about him as better than Jimmy Butler is pretty wild. Then I watched Max Struess, who went crazy. He had 16 points, and I think 12 points in the fourth quarter of that game with Butler out. But also a guy that might be out of the rotation. How If Butler, Tucker, and Martin all play, someone's missing out. Whether that's Martin, whether that's Struess, whether that's Vincent, I don't know. And I don't know how they're going to run this rotation. Because they will have Hero getting all these minutes off the bench, Oladipo getting his minutes. There's Martin, there's Deadman, there's Morris, there's Vincent, there's Struess. Two or three of those guys aren't playing if everyone's healthy. So that's one for us to watch. The Pelicans and the Spurs. Jackson Hayes. Good minutes last game. No Brandon Ingram. CJ McCollum does hurt his usage, but there is still more minutes available here for Jackson Hayes. So I want to see what his role looks like, what his minutes look like. He played 31 against the Suns, even though it was a blowout loss. So watching him is interesting. Well, we've got Jose Alvarado questionable with a finger issue and Devontae Graham questionable with a hip issue. If both of those blokes are out, who the hell's their other point guard? Garrett Temple might be back. Um, but there'll be more minutes for uh, a Trey Murphy in that situation just to get some extra wings and guards out there. So that's one for us to watch. Trey Murphy playing more minutes than Najee Marshall over the last win last game. Very intriguing to me. Can be at least a three-point streamer. Well, for the Spurs, we know Doug McDermott is out for them for the season. Kata Bates-Diop, Romeo Langford out again tomorrow. I think Josh Richardson's going to start. And if you're looking for 14-team league options, he's there. Maybe even a 12-team streamer. Bad day to stream. But maybe he's a 12-team streamer. And then Keldon Johnson, who has been playing well. Big minutes, 35, 37, 37, 35 the last four games. Scoring's been up. Now, he can always turn in an absolute stinker. And that very rarely gets supplemented by additional stats. But he's been getting some assists in some games. He's been getting some steals like last game, which is obviously a shock. But he's improving. And that's what we want to see. And that's, that's great to see him improving like that. The Clippers and the Jazz. Terrence Mann coming off the bench, but he's just in that long mix of Clippers guards that we don't trust at all. I, pro- I trust him more than Batum. I trust him more than Coffey. I trust him more than um, Canard. But I don't know how much I trust him. And then Zubats, who'd been playing you know, 36, 30, 33 minutes. Big, big numbers. And then played 17. The matchup against the Jazz probably means he gets more minutes there against Gobert versus Hartenstein versus Gobert. I think you'd want Zubats in there. But we just don't know with Tyloo, man. We just don't know what they're going to do. But the Jazz, Nikhil Alexander-Walker had a great fourth quarter against the Bulls. I don't know whether Bogdanovich or House or Forrest are going to play. If they are all out, Alexander-Walker probably gets rotation minutes. Now, would I want, do I care about it in 10 or 12 or 14 team leagues? I, no, I don't. But I want to see if he can actually... Can he turn into even a decent player? Because he has been really bad for most of this year. And the Jazz traded for him and said, you're actually not good. And they just wouldn't play him until three rotation players were out. So let's see if he's able to get in there and fix it up. Well, Mike Conley has been producing well the last two games. Shot poorly last game. But good peripherals. Minutes are up. And after that little horrible stretch, it's turned around a little bit, which is great. Celtics-Kings. Boston, Al Horford, stunk last game against the Warriors. But we've talked about the Warriors a lot. Centers and big men against the Warriors always seem to see reduced production. And it happened again to both Rob Williams and Al Horford. Not sure that DeMontis Sabonis gives the same level of concern as what the Warriors scheme does. So Horford, hopefully, we get to see that production jump back up. Well, Marcus Smart, top 50 over the last two weeks. I know people are all up in arms about what happened to Steph. I, again, I'm not 100% convinced how I feel about it, but I also don't, I don't think it was a dirty play. I don't think it was anything malicious in it. 
I think he's got every right to go for the ball. He got the ball. And, you know, people up in arms about that sort of shit. There are much, many more things in the NBA about injury-wise taking charges, which Marcus Smart is a huge, huge problem, I think, with the, the way that he slides in to take charges. This, I don't think he had a problem. But his numbers have been great. He's putting up some very, very strong fantasy value. Obviously, that's killing Derek White, but Marcus Smart's just playing better, and that's fine. For the Kings, do they start Justin Holiday again, or do they start Dante DiVincenzo, or does it even matter? It doesn't really matter if DiVincenzo plays 30. There is zero reason not to play DiVincenzo as a starter, though, because you do want to maximize the time that he plays next to Sabonis and Fox, just for evaluation purposes. I know Alvin Gentry does not care about evaluation, because he's not going to be on this team next season. He doesn't care, but will he make the correct move? And I also want to watch Davion Mitchell, who played 30 minutes last game, or DiVincenzo played 30. That was with Jeremy Lamb out for personal reasons. But there's no need to play Lamb and Holiday when you can see what Mitchell and DiVincenzo can get. So let's see if the Kings can get with the program. Probably not. But let's see whether they actually figure it out and work out what they need to do. The last game of the night, the Chicago Bulls and the Phoenix Suns. We know the Bulls have had significant problems playing against good teams. So what do they do here? The skater boy, Zach Levine. He had put up good numbers last game. I'm still a little bit worried about his knee and how it's feeling, but he was really strong um, in that last game for them. So let's hope that that continues. And we also, of course, want to watch the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. His wrist did not look good last game. Minutes have gone down, 29, 27, 25 since he's been back. I think he's you resort to him as a steel streamer rather than an absolute must roster. You can hold him, but it's not looking great. For the Suns, we saw last game Tory Craig go bananas with Jay Crowder out. I honestly don't expect Crowder to miss in this one, but if he is out, then Tory Craig becomes a stream because Cam Johnson's going to be out and he's going to start and play 30 minutes. You, you don't expect the 20 points that he scored, but he's going to play. And then Campaign, who is actually really hurting our field goal percentage at the moment. And, and that's a problem. The assists are really valuable, but as I will continually say, you are in fantasy basketball playoffs. If you don't need assists, but you need field goal percentage, then what's he doing for you? Nothing. So while we can go out here and say that he's a must-roster player as a blanket statement, which is why I'm trying to avoid saying must-roster at this stage, he might not make sense for your squad. You just might need that field goal percentage, and he might go out there and shoot 3 of 11 and kill you. And get your 11 assists, which don't matter because you're already 70 up in that category. It's very important that we understand how to approach fantasy playoffs. Let's look at some streams now. Again, there are 12 games on. I highly doubt you are going to have an active roster spot for Friday. But if you do, here's some options for the Friday-Saturday combination. Maxi Kleber and Dwight Powell. Denny Avdia. Isaac Okoro. Corey Kispert. Rui Hachimura. Ish Smith. Hal Neto. A lot of wizards. Uh, Dwight Howard, although I'm not convinced he even plays in both games, and Austin Reeves. If you're just looking at Friday, some category league players, we're looking at Kleber, Powell, Badadze, if he plays, fingers crossed, McGee, Dragic, Tucker, DiVincenzo, Winslow, Avdia, Akongwu. For deeper formats, all of those above names, plus Jose Alvarado if he plays, Okoro, Kispert, Richardson, Hachimura, Jermichael Green, and Javante Green. Grant Williams, Amir Coffey, and Zach Collins. And for points leagues, Jalen Smith, Brandon Williams, Drew Eubanks, Alec Burks, Justice Winslow, Devin Vassell, Jackson Hayes, O'Shea Brissett, Kevin Herter, and Herbalife Jones. And that 
will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.